Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Monday, the 6th of March. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm joined this morning by Joshua Barry. How are we getting on, Joshua? Yeah, good, Derek. Um, looking forward to talking about the game. Always feels like quite a long wait when it's a Monday morning compared to a Saturday game. So, yeah, yeah lot, lots to get into. Yeah, well, we've got a, a midweek game to look forward to uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, plenty to, to discuss all things uh, Rangers. Before we do that, folks, you know that the drill by now, just a quick word for our podcast sponsors, Seneca Hair Restoration, the number one guys to go to if you're looking to uh, perhaps uh, get some more hair on the top of your head. Uh, Joshua doesn't need to worry about that, but uh, perhaps myself and other uh, like-minded individuals. Maybe something you'll be thinking about uh, in some time in the future, perhaps a, a dick advocate uh, or a uh, Kamar Roof, I think, uh, had uh, a hair transplant recently, didn't you? So if, if you fancy that, folks, then these are the guys to go to, the number one hair transplant corporation in Europe. Uh, and as ever, I've stuck all the relevant links in the description box, so do go check them out. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, we're nearing 12,000 subscribers, which is fantastic. Um, hit that subscribe button, uh, hit the bell, and you'll never miss a video when we go live. And if you want to take advantage of our offer on the website, just now, just £2 for two months' worth of content, head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Right, Joshua, um, mm -hmm. uh, lots to talk about. Uh, we'll touch on uh, a quick thing that, that emerged uh, this morning before we look back at the game uh, on Saturday. Of course, Rangers getting back to winning ways uh, against Kilmarnock at Ibrooks, winning by three goals to one. Uh, Stuart Gibson uh, has given an interview to the, the Liss's Ibrooks podcast uh, and uh, of course, an uh, investor in the club. He's back, Stuart Robertson, James Bisgrove and Ross Wilson, saying he believes all three get a lot of undeserved flack. Um, the trio have come under fire, of course, in recent weeks with the Rangers supporters uh, with uh, publicly calling for a change uh, from the stands. We've seen that a banner uh, being displayed uh, at the weekend. Uh, um, broadcasting a displeasure. Um, Stuart Gibson has said... Uh, uh, on uh, Ross Wilson, he says he points to the big money sales of Calvin Bassey and Joe Rebo as massive home runs for the club, uh, while also highlighting the unfortunate luck the club has experienced with injuries this season. Uh, and he's told the podcast he's doing an excellent job and continues to do so, given the lack of ample resources he has to work with. Um, now, you can go and watch that interview, folks. Um, we'll just touch on, on, on it briefly. Um, I've seen on social media a lot of supporters... Uh, <laughs> Uh, giving their reactions to it, Joshua. Uh, it's quite a, a controversial subject at the moment. There is a lot of, a bit of ill feeling amongst it, the supporter base towards uh, Ross Wilson at the moment, and, uh, and and to some extent that we've seen Stuart Robertson. Yeah, I think you can cut through this whole argument and debate, Derek. Um, and I'm I'm sure that uh, Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson would uh, completely understand this as well. When Rangers are not winning trophies, it's going to be very hard to be in a a management position and if you are have been there over um the time where they have been and then they've not been again and um, when it's a week after a cup final as johnny put in his piece last week uh, i think it's about perception and and what it's difficult to change perception um once people start to make their mind up about something but w when that league cup final has been lost and again it's within the context of the last year and a half and um, that's why the reaction was such after the League Cup final, because this obviously the new signings come into it and all the stuff we don't need to go over from next week, but it's a continuation um, of, of stuff that um, has been carried over naturally into the new manager's era because that game has been lost. 
So I think it's about perception. I don't think that many people will uh, agree with uh, Stuart Gibson's comments. Obviously, he has insight into the role of, of Ross Wilson and uh, that the others don't insight into his role as sporting director and what that entails. Um, for all the things it does entail, I, I think um, the ultimate um, barometer that, that we judged on is success on the park and trophies and, and, and the trajectory of the team. At the moment, that's been positive under Michael Beale. Apart from that, um, cup final, and I think until there's substantial change in old firm games or, or, or um, you know, Scottish Cup to to start that building process, um, it will be difficult to shift that. I don't know if you disagree, but I think that's just the way it's going to always be at, at Ibrox. Yeah, uh, the club need to start uh, adding silverware to, to the trophy room, or else there'll be fan uh, unrest. That's the way it works in Glasgow. Unfortunately, mm. uh, Scott Patterson says all quiet on that. This is Ibrox Towers this morning, Derek. Yeah, I can imagine, Scott. Um, yeah. Uh, that interview, uh, Stuart Gibson, folks at the Rangers Investor, backing uh, James Bisgrove, Stuart Robertson and uh, Ross Wilson. Um, we'll talk about that more in detail uh, tomorrow, folks. But I wanted to get your, your thoughts, Joshua, on uh, the action at the weekend. Rangers getting back to running ways uh, against Kilmarnock, of course. Bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance once again, you could see. You could see after a, a really terrific uh, first half showing from Rangers, uh, uh, running into a 3-0 lead, um, Kilmarnock were to get a goal back just on the hour mark. Uh, Jerry Dorset uh, scoring, Connor Goldson fashions a Kelly and a James Tavernier penalty on the stroke of half-time, uh, sending Rangers on their way to three points. You were there for us, Joshua. Um, the fans leaving Ibrox uh, left at half-time. I'm sure that they'd have been uh, pleased with what what, yeah. what they witnessed. However, there was a, there's a bit of a drop-off in the second half, shall we say. Yeah, and that's what... People kind of remember, um, normally when we have these conversations, Derek, it's about Rangers having a slow start and then coming into it in the second half. It was a complete opposite of the weekend. Um, Rangers really have not totaled up the goals in these types of games um, over the past couple of seasons where they've raced into a 3-0 lead by halftime. I, I can't remember many occasions where they've done that against teams um, like Komarnik who will come and, and try to frustrate um, and then take their moments, which is... 70, 80%, 90% of the games Rangers face at Ibrox domestically. Um, if Rangers had played like that in different periods throughout the game instead of bunching it all into 145 and then the second 45, I think the reaction would be different. I think there is some a need for some, um, I, I don't know, just a bit of realisation that it's, it's diff not many teams can retain their standards throughout the whole 90 minutes. That said, I think the drop-off was so dramatic and it was so sloppy after the break compared to the first half, which was really good. I've got a couple of, I'm just going to take this away there because I've got a couple of graphs to show this. This is the um, expected goals um, timeline, just charts the opportunities. And if you see the big um, dip in the, the chart, just where it goes 3-0 Rangers, that's about half time. And you can see there, I mean, Komarnik, aside from their goal, didn't really create much, even though they had a couple of big opportunities. Rangers created almost, I think it was 2.8 expected goals in the first half and, and 0 0.6 in the second half. Really didn't create any strong opportunities of note and it just became a, a second half that kind of existed without anything really happening. Um, Michael Beale obviously acknowledged that in the post-match press conference while still wanting to focus on the good stuff within the first half and you can understand why he spoke about the likes of, of Kant, uh, sorry, Raskin and Jack have not played much football and, and I think with Raskin in particular started the game really strongly, tailed off in the second half, Rangers gave up the ball so cheaply Kilmarnock created a committed another player to the attack, and it wasn't until Lundstrom came on and Rangers had a kind of extra body at, at the base of midfield that they managed to regain some control. 
I think the really interesting thing for me, Derek, and I've got another graph to show this here. We'll have this all on, on the website soon with um, with articles to, to, to join that. This is a pass network from the game. And what this shows you is the average position um, that players assumed on the pitch. So you can see Cantwell, Raskin, Jack and, and Kent in the midfields. Obviously, the fullbacks, not as, as high as, as they can be at points, but still forming the width. What I think is really interesting from the weekend was Cholak's role. Beal said it was the main takeaway and we can discuss him a little bit more. Um, Rangers played 32 successful passes into Cholak Derek, which is quite a lot considering what his average is. I think his average is more about 15. But you can see him and Sakala either side almost forming a bit of a front two um, uh, up top against Kilmarnock's three centre-halves. Behind that, I think you had really nice fluidity between Rask and Kent and Campwell. The, the best thing, the, the best chance that demonstrated that for me, Derek, was the one where Sakala should score from Kent's cross. It comes from Cholak, assuming that position on the left, that quick bounce pass into him, Kent going beyond crossing it for Sakala, who should do better. So I, I think there was a lot, of, a lot of good in that first half, a lot of encouraging signs. Um, if you look at that pass network, you can see clear roles, Rangers playing with two goal scorers, the fluidity of the midfielders behind them. The difficulty is um, doing that over 90 minutes and obviously doing that consistently. And that's what Beal still has to, to work out now. But but I think that's going to be more of a summer job when he's able to put his print on the team fully. Yeah, there's lots of comments coming in, Joshua. I'll get to a few of them. Um, uh, this one from Kev Armstrong is an interesting one. Uh, what did Joshua make of the switch uh, to 4-4-2 narrow in the second half? Um, what did you make of that? Well, I, I think it was um, that that kind of existed in the first half as well. Um, Beal's team, I think that it's, it's, it's more of a roles thing than a positions thing. So he's he spoken a lot about having those two goal scorers and that's why Sakala plays, because although he has that performance at Hamden where it, it, it's erratic and he should do better, um, he gets your goals. And, and his goal summed that up perfectly because it's, it's not scrappy, but it's just in the right place at the right time. He should score from that cross. Uh, and, and Rangers in these types of games over the course of the last season and a half, I think especially under Geo, as we've touched on a lot before, just didn't have sufficient goal threat. Outside of Cholak and, and Sakala in that team, you don't really have a goal scorer at all. Tavernier, yes, when he, when he gets high into the area, but Kent isn't going to get you a lot of goals. Uh, Cantwell, we, we don't really know yet, but doesn't look like it from his start, doesn't look like his predominant role. So so when you if you only have Cholak in there when the, the, the game is about trying to obviously break down the opposition, I think you need someone else. And I think uh, Beal's done that pretty well. But to Kev's point, I, I thought the kind of rotation and movement of those three midfielders, I mean, Cantwell and Raskin improved that so much in the first half, even if it did dip off in the second half, as we discussed, Eric, so it is a bit more of a distant memory. Um, but I, I think that was closer to what Beal wants to do at home. And and again, that chance with, with Kent bouncing the ball off Cholak and then Sakala at the back post. Um, after there's, a, a, in the bleed up to that chance, real fluidity in the midfield, that shows the type of football I think that Beal wants to create and wants to play at Ibrox because it's so difficult for uh, opponents to, to kind of combat when it's so flexible. Yeah, uh, let's get to a few more that are coming in. First of all, Maka says, uh, Morning all, result of the weekend has to be soonest. Shredding Neville and Keane, top, top drawer. Uh, also, thanks to Johnny. Great interview with Martin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great hour-long interview 
uh, with uh, Martin Ramsey, who of course would bring out his new book, Revolution, uh, 1986 to 1992, looking at that, that soonest uh, and Walter Smith era. Um, fantastic interview, folks. Do go check it out. Uh, and there's a link in that video on our YouTube channel where you can um, pre-order Martin's book as well. So I do urge you to go and check it out. Um, lots of love coming in for Antonio Cholak, uh, Joshua. Mark says, I uh, thought Cholak looked uh, more like himself. And Denzel gets in touch. thought uh, Cholak looked very mobile and deserves a start midweek. Hope he can get goals soon. Uh, looks bright. Of course, that was echoed by Michael Beale in the post-match press conference. He was asked, is it now a choice between Morelos and Cholak up front? Uh, <coughs> pardon me. He says, uh, well, I've only had one option of Alfredo fully fit as a number nine since I've come back in. So it wasn't a choice of picking them, really. Today, I've decided to go with Tony because I felt his personality and energy was worth a start. I wanted more energy in that position today. And obviously, he didn't play last week, so he's not carried the same amount of weight as maybe the boys that have played. I thought you'd see that in the performance. We've got two more games this week. There's no other reason for leaving Alfredo. Alan, I want to give Tony a go, and I thought he played fantastically. You know, if that's a boy that was fully fit at the start of the season and doing well, and I haven't seen that until today, so I'm delighted for him on a personal level. Uh, that was his best, not no doubt about it, his best performance under Michael Beale, Joshua. He's not had many outings, you've got to say. I think his only start was against Patrick Thistle, if I'm not mistaken. Sunday night um, away as well, but he, I think he came off at half-time then. Yeah, yeah, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't himself, but... Um, yeah, that, that's that's more like the Antonio Cholak that we saw at the start of the season. He's linking up well as well. I think it's the type of game that should suit him because um, these are the games where he'll get goals. I know he didn't at the weekend, Derek, but it was encouraging that the thing we're talking about is his link-up play. Um, we've not seen that from Cholak all that much. Maybe we've not also seen Cholak have the opportunity to do that because under Gio, his role was very much to be between the sticks and, and only get involved in in. in in patches, there was one moment where he turned. I think it was Ash Taylor coming into midfield brilliantly. Um, and yeah, it was encouraging to see him just look so clean, I think, in his link-up play. He played those bounce passes back a lot. He wasn't turning and switching the ball as much as Morelos. And we'll have the his pass network in the piece that's going to be out on the website quite soon. Um, but that was really effective because it allows players to run off him. It created overloads. It gave the Kilmarnock defenders a choice. Are they going to go in or are they going to stay back? And if obviously they stay back, then Rangers have a free man. If they go in, then Rangers have space in the defence to run into. Um, he looked fit. He looked sharp. Beal said a few times, and it's kind of went under the radar, that he hadn't actually been able to train much at all. A few weeks ago, he, I think it was 30% of sessions he said he'd been involved in since he came to the club because obviously he's had, I think it was two injury issues since uh, since Beal arrived. Um, but... I think Cholak's going to be here next season. I don't know if he's going to be the first choice striker when you look at European games and, and big away games, but he certainly has a lot to offer and encouraging to see him in that Michael Beale system and see how it works because there was a lot of conversation in, in January saying that Beale didn't fancy him or he wouldn't suit, but the truth is there, we hadn't seen him. We hadn't seen him play in that team uh, with runners around him, I thought, in a, a game where he had to help break down the defence. I thought he did yeah, really well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, lots of comments uh, echoing that as well. Uh, Gordon Bond uh, raises an interesting point. Uh, if Cholak is our player and Morelos isn't staying, then I would play Cholak and get him consistent and fully fit. Uh, and Wall480 says, uh, if Cholak should start against Hibs, need to give him a run where he can get a good run of form going again. Uh, and that also ties in with this comment from Ian Ross. Joshua says, uh, do you think he'll play Morelos and Cholak up front on Wednesday? 
Nah, he ha- I mean, I he did, was, it his, was it his initial press conference when he was unveiled? He, d- he did discuss that. Um, we haven't really seen it uh, at all, I don't think. Um, I can't see that being the case, but I think there is a, certainly a selection headache as to who he plays up front. Um, if you're Michael Beal, Joshua, if you're in his shoes, is it is it Tony Goals, as, as he's uh, affectionately known, or Alfredo? Uh, I think only two of Cholak's goals in the league have come away from home on, uh, since he came to Rangers, Tynecastle, yeah. But then, as I was just saying there, we've not seen him really with Beal away from home. Um, and you'd imagine, you'd hope that as uh, the, it evolves under Beal, that Rangers away from home won't look too different at home because they'll still be able to dominate the ball and, and have the better of the game. I think the reason that... Um, the, the, the reason that Cholak and Morelos haven't played together is because of what Takala gives you that's different. He can run in behind, he can play wide. Um, he, he's not a, a kind of back-to-goal striker, whereas Morelos definitely is in, in his link-up play. And Cholak also isn't someone that I think is going to run in behind too much. So maybe it's just about getting different styles of player in there. And I, I think Sakala started something like 13 of 16 games under Beal so far. So Beal obviously really likes him, wants him in there for a reason. Um, whereas Cholak and Morelos, I don't know if either of those players could play that role that Sakala or Roof did. Uh, Roof did obviously a couple of seasons ago where with the ball, they kind of act as a number nine at points, but without it, um, they don't. And they can also do different things, whether that be dropping into midfield, running in behind, holding the width on the right. Um, but you're right, Derek, he did say before the, uh, the, no, the, the Hibs game uh, in mid-December that it was going to be Cholak and Morelos that started the game together. Maybe it's just a case that Sakala got in there and football's a bit about luck sometimes. And yeah. because he got in, um, he is, has been able to keep that place. I'd be surprised if Cholak and Morelos is the, the two that starts at Hibs, but um, you never know. We, we did see it for a, a little bit um, at the weekend and um, we haven't really seen it so far. So, it, so I'd, I'd be surprised if it was a, a way at Hibs. Yeah, lots of arguments for and against uh, Cholak starting at Hibs in the comments. It certainly seems to split opinion, that's for sure. Um, another interesting point at the, at the weekend, Joshua, the, the Man of the Match award, uh, but, but certainly it had a lot of people scratching their head. Uh, Graham Morrison gets in touch. Morning, Graham. He says, happy Monday, guys. Was at Killigan. Brother-in-law was a match sponsor. JR's hospitality, fantastic. I went for Catmull, player of the match, but was voted down. Catmull <laughs> um, was uh, was terrific, uh, Joshua. Um, I'm really excited to see more of this yeah. boy. I think he's uh, he looks like he's, he's settling in well. Uh, it's also a, a point that's raised by by Bobby gets in touch. Catmull looked determined to score. I'd stick with the starting eleven. Uh, for Wednesday and Jamie Brown also uh, with a comment here. Great to finally have players like Cantwell and Raskin passing and moving pretty much everyone else passes and stops. Uh, why did it take so long to get the subs on? Perfect chance to get minutes in the legs. But just touching on, on Cantwell, Joshua, um, I think he was at the unofficial man of the match, uh, I would yeah. say. But your man of the match of the weekend? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Graham. I think Graham was was right, even if he was voted down. That said, <laughs> I, think, I think Ben Davies in these types of games, the ability he has with that left foot can't be underrated um yeah class so yeah so important and when rangers have so much of the ball um i i think for i, I think that at points ben davies in the air is, is looks a little bit suspect i don't think he's that dominant that's something he's acknowledged him, himself um but w- w- with that being said what he gives you on the ball what he gives you um and trying to break down a defence, playing whether it be those lofty balls, uh, diagonals over the top, or whether it be those kind of wrapped passes into the striker's feet. I think that far outweighs any negatives, especially in these types of home games. So, um, 
yeah, I, I, I think that's an important point. But Cantwell um, was the best player for me. I think he was probably the only player who, whose level didn't really drop. He was still driving the team forward, taking the ball. When Ibrox was getting a bit restless and frustrated after all those stray passes, he said after the game that he was starting to feel fitter, still not where he wants to, to be, but um, I think he's getting closer to that. The midfield, Derek, I mean, there's there's no way other way to say it than it looks so much better with Raskin and Campbell. Oh, yeah. and, and Jamie's comment there, passing the move, and it's simple, isn't it? But it was just that movement off the ball, the ability to pass forward, do things quickly. I think sometimes you can just see players, how good they are uh, very quickly. And Campwell and Raskin certainly looked like that in the first half. I, I think you need movement and and players who take responsibility to try and break down defences um, in that type of game. We've spoken a lot about what Raskin can give you on the ball as well as off it. And I thought um, the weekend was another good demonstration of that, how he can, from a deep midfield position, even though he was slightly higher, um, try and break down defences. So encouraging to see both of those performances. But but Campwell, yeah, really good start. Um I think everyone really likes him and, and the, the encouraging thing, Derek, is that's his what, third or fourth start at, at Rangers. So looks yeah. like there's a lot more to come. Yeah, and by all accounts, he's loving it at Ibrooks as well, which is great to see. And, and rightly so, Stephen, and a number of you saying uh, he was uh, the man of the match uh, from uh, Rangers TV. So, uh, yeah, the sponsors uh, certainly just, I think, I, I, I think they would have uh, fancied meeting uh, Ben Davis, and, and who wouldn't? He's a, he's, he's a top pro. Um, and like you say, Joshua, yeah, I know there was, I know Johnny and Morris Ross uh, had a little. Uh, a uh, bit of a debate at the weekend when Johnny picked out a, a brilliant pass to, to Sakala, I think it was. Um, he should have really squared it for, for Cholak, if I'm not mistaken, across the face of goal. Yeah. Um, but it was a, such a great ping. Uh, and Morris is going to have a look at his defending. It's certainly something that uh, it still has to win some supporters over with regards to his defending. But uh, for me, I, I've been quite satisfied with, with Ben Davis. I think he compliments Connor Goldson well. Um, interview I did with his former Preston teammate a while ago, uh, sort of just a mirror image of the, the Goldson Davis partnership. Whereas he's not a dominant centre back, um, he, he's, he's a ball playing centre back, which is uh, a big reason why Rangers went out and got him. Left sided player. Um, for me, uh, I, I know there's a lot of debate about last week and. and it wasn't their best of games against Celtic. I don't think they were alone in that. But for me, in the main, Joshua, I've been pretty satisfied with that that back two pairing. Yeah, def- I mean, there probably is a few games a season, Derek, where you want a different profile of centre-back if teams are just going to lob the ball in constantly um, for aerial duels. But in a game like that, um, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have someone who, yes, he might win a couple more headers or he might put in a harder tackle, but he can't pass the ball forwards? I mean, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think if you look at the the way that Davies plays forward, that's what you need from that position, um, which is constantly evolving um, and is different to what it was, I guess, five or ten years ago. But Rangers need a player in that position who's able to to break down defenses, uh, even starting starting at the very back. Um, the, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, he's not been perfect and does have weaknesses to his game. I think any player at this level will. Um, just as there's there's other players in the squad who have really good traits about them, someone like Kent who has so much to his game, but maybe his decision making la- uh, lets him down uh, at points. There's a reason um, that they've not went on to to play it um, at the top level uh, yet. And and I do think that having someone, whether it be Suter or someone else in that squad, that can just provide that different profile of centre back um, could be useful. But generally, I, I agree with you, Derek. I think it's been a, a net positive. Um, yeah. And Davies, you'd hope as well, he's still only played 15, 15 games or so with a real consistent run of form. 
normally it takes players a little bit longer to to show their best so giving them the benefit of that doubt as well I think you'd, you'd hope that there's still a little bit more to come from them yeah, and it's all about opinions on this show and there's contrasting ones coming in. Uh, Connor Fleming, a uh, good friend of the show, says, Katic and Davis chalk and cheese, he says. Uh, but Mr M says, uh, Davis can't defend, doesn't attack balls, distribution overrated, caught out of position, constant and one-paced. Uh, Malky50 says, I quite like Davis. I think he can do us a, a ton. Um, yeah, uh, like you, Josh, I, I think I've, I've, I've been quite impressed with him uh, thus far. Um, another play that came on that we've not seen for absolutely ages at the tail end yeah. of the game on Saturday was John Suter. Scott Hammond says, uh, great to see Suter come on for the final few minutes. Will he get his chance in his natural position right side of the centre of defence? Not entirely sure he will, but it's just great to see him back in the Rangers jersey again. He was at the forgotten man pretty much after uh, after that, that opening day win against Livingston. Um, but touch wood, he can steer clear uh, of injury. The, the old uh, the saying, no cliche is like a new signing, but we know he's had his injury problems to seek um, for uh, a, a number of years now, Joshua. But it, it, it's one of those ones that you just hope he can steer clear of injury from here on in because it certainly adds more options and it's good for, for Rangers to call upon if needed. Yeah, Ross Wilson said at the AGM that made an interesting comment. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something about we went in with our eyes wide open to the deal, I think it was. Obviously acknowledging the Rangers would have checked his injury history going into that, that game. I know when you look at the injury record this season um, that well, it's so poor that this this conversations we've had it so often, Derek. But th there was an acknowledgement that Rangers thought they could fix those issues or, or help him to... to play consistently I think as he did for most of the season before he joined Rangers if you can get him fit I think he's a great um, domestic centre-back for Rangers who's also played at an international level you remember his performance in the Scottish Cup final against Rangers in his final game for Hearts which was really good but until he I think he pieces together a run of form a run of availability in the same way as Kima Ruth Derek this conversation people will kind of um, they, they want to see the evidence of it before they start to count on on Suter to, to be involved uh, just just naturally um, because of because of how much of football he's missed this season. I think his last performance was actually the opening day of the season when he had a quite a difficult day at Livingston, yes. um, which seems like three seasons ago, let alone the start of this season. So yeah, uh, yeah, but but great moment for him because I'm sure a lot of hard work will have gone into to getting back and making that first competitive start at Ibrox. Obviously, he was involved in the in the, in the pre-season games, but good to see him get a few minutes. I, I think he was speaking in the press conference after, frustrated. He said that the game wasn't in a position where he could bring on the likes of Hadji and Ruth, sorry, Hadji and, um, and Suter a bit earlier because it went 3-1. Um, obviously, they only kind of got a couple of minutes in injury time instead of uh, maybe 15, 20 minutes as he'd have hoped for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Absolutely. And there's a comment come in that's uh, an interesting one from Rob Call. He says, uh, Suter and Davis against Wraith is the ideal time to give him a, a good run out. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to start him against uh, Wraith Rovers. Uh, uh, ditto other players, French players, Joshua, uh, like Yanis Hadji. I think that's a, a great time. Although it, it didn't look too great against Partick Thistle, but Rangers need to get him on the pitch more. I know he came on at tail end of the game at the weekend, but... Uh, with all due respect, Rangers should be beating Rafe Rovers at Ibrooks. Um, I'd be looking at playing some of these players. Would you be, be be making wholesale changes for that game? Especially after you've got an away game in midweek. You'd yes. expect the likes of Hadji and, and, and others to come in. It's a shame that Alex Lowry isn't available. He was obviously another topic of conversation in the post-match press conference. Yes. Just another one of these um, 
situations in a, in a season absolutely full of them. Um, the, the difficulty is there's actually not many games compared to previous seasons, obviously this time last year. Um, you know, if anyone needs a reminder, Rangers were on some sort of uh, European run that, that, uh, <laughs> that went quite well. And, and the, the, you know, regularity of those games um, along with the, the Scottish Cup run meant that rotation was was needed. Whereas at the moment, um, as you say this week, Derek, we're, we're not used to midweek games at the moment. Um, Rangers obviously have a B team instead of a, of a reserve team. So there's, I guess, limitations to the minutes that, that these players can play as they need to get match fit. You'd hope that Red Van Yomaz is also back. You said that's a possibility. Um, Alec Tillman uh, hopes that hopefully we'll be back for for one of those two games as well. And mm-hmm. um, really looking forward to seeing Red Van back. Hopefully he can get a run of form run between the end of the season because that's now about four months since he uh, went down against Aberdeen, which is a long time. And and again, when you put that in alongside Roof and Lawrence and Lawrence being out for the season and Roof having suffered another um, injury setback. It'd be great to get the likes of, of Red, uh, Red Van back just so you can bring that freshness into the squad and, and get him a run before the start of next season where you'd presume he'd be the first choice left back. Yeah, just touching on Alex Lowry, there's a few comments coming in. Uh, Michael Beale was asked about him uh, in his post-match press conference. He says, uh, the day before the Patrick Thistle game, he was in the thinking to start. No one was near him. The ball came and he turned and he had a problem with his ankle. and It was a six-week injury, which he is two weeks into. So he's out of the boot at the moment, but Alex is probably four weeks from being ready to play. So still a fair bit off uh, from returning to uh, contention is uh, Alex Lowry. Um, Okay, folks, I think that'll do us there. Um, We've got the press conference this afternoon at lunchtime uh, coming thick and fast, of course. Huge game on on Wednesday night. Rangers head to Leith uh, to take on the Hibs at Easter Road. Hopefully uh, we can continue uh, in that that, that vein of form that Michael Beale has has enjoyed since returning to the club. I think the only real blip, uh, as we know, was uh, that League Cup final defeat. But a tough place to go at times, uh, a Hibernian under Lee Johnson, but hadn't missed this season. But um, Rangers have shown uh, they are capable of going to these uh, tough venues and getting a result. So hopefully they can do likewise on Wednesday. We'll have all reaction to that press conference in tomorrow's show. Myself and Johnny will be on uh, the video. Joshua will be at the press conference for us, folks. So stay tuned to our YouTube uh, account and our website as well for all the reaction to that. And if you want to subscribe to the Rangers Review, you can take advantage of our great offer, £2 for two months' worth of content. Go and head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Um, Okay, enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye for now.